Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Bricks and Mortar from EG with Sarah Jackman. Today I'm talking to James Simonson, Associate Director in Turley's Strategic Communications team. We're going to talk a little bit about the importance of social value and just how it can be built into a career in the sector. James, Thank you for joining me today. It's great to have you on the podcast. I've just done a very, very brief intro there, but tell me a little bit about the role that you have at Turley and then we can talk about social value and and just some of the work that the firm is doing around that. Great. Thanks, Sarah. It's great to be here. Um, yeah, so as you said, I'm I'm an associate director in the strategic communications team at Turley. Turley's a consultancy of, of trusted independent advisors working with, with clients across the built environment to shape a, a more sustainable future. Um, and we've got a variety of built environment services. My role is to lead our London and Southeast strategic communications team. And I also uh, lead our social value offer here at Turley as well. My background's actually in the public sector. So um, I started off as a grad in Victorian government um, in Melbourne in Australia and actually started off in sport and recreation but I ended up in the office for suburban development which was focused on community and stakeholder engagement feeding into innovative urban planning policy and I moved to the UK at the start of 2020 and joined the British Property Federation where I worked to communicate and advocate for the institutional private rented sector so things like built to rent PDSA and co-living um, but I also run the Property Industries preeminent Young Professionals Network, BPF Futures, which brings together those with less than 10 years experience uh, in, in the industry. Excellent. So a really varied background. We're going to talk a little bit about social value. And you, you've just touched on your work in, in the public sector and in community stakeholder engagement. And um, just for our listeners who, who aren't too familiar with the concept. I mean, a lot of people will be, but just remind our listeners what we're talking about when we're referring to social value. Sure. So um, there's quite, uh, I think, a varied understanding of the definition of social value in our industry. And I think that's okay. Um, We don't want terminology to be an inhibitor to action, but obviously we need to have some kind of common level of understanding about what social value is in order to deliver it. But to me, the approach of delivering social value is far more important, whether you call it social value or or social impact. What matters is the on the ground outcomes. So at Turley, we like to go by Social Value UK's definition. We're a member of Social Value UK and their definition feels clearer and simpler, um, but with the ability to kind of build in a bit of flexibility. So what they say social value is, is it's a broader understanding of value that goes beyond a monetary figure or measurement as the main indicator of of value and instead it puts the emphasis on engaging people to understand the impact of decisions on their lives and it then goes on to talk about how on balance we should be aiming to create a positive impact measure the impact and make decisions based on the community's needs so that's kind of what social value is in, in a nutshell i'd love to hear some examples of the sorts of contexts in which people can find social value. I mean, you've talked about your work in the public realm. Are you are you able to draw on some of that and and I guess compare that a little bit to the work that you undertake at Turley and and how you demonstrate it there? Yeah, absolutely. So it might be it might be helpful to step through kind of what a social value approach or outcome looks like in a planning context. I think here. So. I think in the planning context is where we can actually de- deliver the most value as an industry, because just starting from 
a blank slate looking to create a new community or whatever you might be building. And you have the opportunity to take a people first approach to design scheme features elements that's going to add maximum value to people's lives in the long run. And I think it's important to note that what we're talking about here isn't just building homes or building an office and then quantifying the social value of that product, whatever it might be building. It has to be so much more than that. We've got so many problems facing society and this industry has so much potential to, to solve those problems. Um, our cities need to be more livable, connected. We need better infrastructure to keep up with population growth. We need net zero homes. We need natural environments restored. We need more public and active transport. Um, but the needs of any given individual community will be slightly different depending on that, that local context. And I think when it comes to social value in a planning context, that really is the first step. It's understanding the community within which you're seeking to intervene or make change. So this is sort of a combination of data, mapping out your community stakeholders, understanding local demographics, really the key markers of how a community is doing across a range of themes like employment, education, etc. Looking at the existing infrastructure provision and what the community needs from you when you're choosing to intervene. So that's kind of the first step in a planning context. But then the second step, and I think this is probably the most important step that um, a lot of, of um, the industry is missing at the moment, is to undertake early engagement to validate or challenge the data that you collect. For us, this is typically with key stakeholders. It's opening up an early and honest dialogue with elected representatives, with council officers, local community and advocacy groups to discuss your understanding of, of their community and then what their challenges and priorities are. So through the kind of matching the data with the engagement, you're able to identify opportunities for enhancing social value through development. So does a community need a new hall or a youth centre? Are there a lack of bus stops? What's the active travel policy like? What's infrastructure like? So on and so forth. I think the third step in a planning context can be quite elongated. But it's really about continuing to workshop the identified solutions and scheme elements with your key stakeholders alongside the design evolution process. And I think this is where your social value strategy really starts to form and you're able to quantify the social value of the interventions you're making that go beyond the delivery of your product. How you're designing your scheme to meet community needs. Are you supporting local partnerships and initiatives? Are you tweaking your approach to your supply chain? A lot of different things to consider in in that formative period. But once you've kind of moved along the design process, you've identified the opportunities for social value uplift, you then sort of get to a point where you can form a social value strategy and that's what you're going to deliver, how it's going to be measured. And then we like to demonstrate how, like what the social value of a scheme is, and that's where you bring it out more widely and have your public consultation sort of in the hope that you can shift hearts and minds to support a proposal or at least minimize the number of objections because you're able to demonstrate that you've worked really closely with the community to develop a proposal and with decision makers as well. So really it's a it's a sort of a front-loading approach when it comes to social value. So some of the things that you might want to deliver can be delivered through a section 106, but really you should be going above and beyond to try and meet the community's needs. And then once planning yeah. approval is granted, it's really shifts to, to measurement and management of those outcomes and, and delivering what you've committed to. And what's your sense of the emphasis that's currently been put on social value and, and can that be improved? I think it really does feel like there's a groundswell of attention on, on social value now. 
Um, and I've heard a lot of different commentary about why our industry is sort of waking up to social value over the past couple of years. And a lot of it centers around the pandemic, which I think is completely valid. But for me, it's probably more a combination of different things. But starting with the pandemic, I guess it definitely brought out a focus on people and well-being. The disease itself was horrid. But the whole situation really shone a light on things like people's living conditions, security of tenure, how people connect to each other in social settings, how important frontline workers are, the struggles that everyone faces on a daily basis, all of the real experiences that people face. Then I think also, in addition to that, we kind of have a culmination of what I view as existential crises, the first and obvious one being the climate crisis. And I think society as a whole still doesn't really recognise how fundamentally this is going to change the way we live, work, all of these things if we don't take any or enough action. But I think if anything, our industry is further ahead than government on the environmental and climate side of things at the moment, which is perhaps something that we couldn't say a few years ago. And it might be because institutional investors have always looked long term and the risks, the risks from climate are becoming far more clear. Um, and then we have other elements like the housing crisis, the cost of living crisis, geopolitics. There's actually so much going on and it's it's actually quite scary, um, particularly for young people, I think. And we've also got at a planning level this kind of increasingly toxic context to development, particularly in greenfield and greenbelt areas where communities are really fed up with infrastructure not keeping up with with development. And I think it's all of these things kind of mashing together, which is why industry is now sort of starting to take notice of social value. These sort of recent and current issues have really hammered home that it's the built environment's duty to promote and support quality of life and to improve social outcomes. It's not something to just leave to the public sector. Um, and, you know, the pandemic pointed out to everyone in real estate that when you design places for people with good infrastructure, management, community connectivity, that adds value to the assets performance. Mm -hmm. And it's better than a no frills approach. Uh, and it's good for everyone. So that coupled with the long term view and all these unfolding issues, I think, is why we're seeing really the last couple of years um, a far more focused interest on on social value. And as a, a firm, I mean, to what extent is the appetite growing amongst clients that that you're advising as a firm to really draw that into early engagement with stakeholders? I think when it comes to clients, we have a mix of, of approaches. There's some clients who are driven by investors. Uh, so it's something that they view as a priority because investors are saying, we need to know the impact of this. We need to understand the value of this. We're shifting our mentality. There's some developers who are, I would say, leading the way in terms of their ethos. Some of them might be B Corp certified. So um, they have a, com a completely different mindset to how development works. And I think they're mindset is focused on positive outcomes in the community. But then we also have a lot of public sector work as well. So where we might be doing master planning or um, regeneration precincts and schemes where social value is kind of mandated as part of the delivery of a public sector tender. They're kind of the three areas where I'm seeing it most commonly come to the forefront in client conversations. Mm -hmm. But I think that there's other examples where I think people are looking to seek guidance from places like Turley around what they might need to do starting off on social value because it's not something they've really looked at yet but they kind of recognize that a lot of other players in the industry are taking a, a really focused approach on social value so it's kind of a mix of, of approaches at the moment I think in terms of the conversations that we have across the industry but one thing I've noticed is just how 
often social value comes up in conversations at industry events. You know, there seems to be a panel or multiple panels at every conference about social value, whether that's in name or whether it's, you know, talking about other things that contribute to social value. So it's all, I feel, very present and very prominent at the moment. And I'm interested, I mean, you mentioned your early career working in, in public sector in Melbourne. I mean, do you get a sense that that the UK has, has been slightly slower to really sort of focus in on, on social value and, and promoting that as part of themes compared to perhaps working in another jurisdiction such as Australia? I don't have a direct comparison, really, because I was sort of working in, in government back home and now I'm in the private sector, but I'm still sort of in the early days relatively of my career. Um, so I don't have a long time frame to observe, but building on what I said earlier, I think there is a shift in thinking that is currently underway in the industry. And I think another element that I haven't mentioned is just our diversifying workforce. Um, and I think that the change in nature of our workforce, younger people from more diverse backgrounds, whether culturally or socioeconomically, people from different gender identities and sexualities they're all sort of bringing this life experience and perspectives to the work we do each day um, and that's not to say that those who've been in the industry for much longer are not important they absolutely are and i found at turley some of the biggest advocates for a change in the way we do things whether it's social value where whether it is a far more stringent approach to environmental reporting are those who've been around the block a few times and know the industry like the back of their hand and i actually think that the combination of those people and the new young workforce to give fresh perspectives, those working together is actually going to oversee that's the way we're going to make change. It's interesting, I was at a BKF Futures event on social value the other week and it was a really young and diverse panel with representatives from Mood in Space, Argent, Thriving Investments. And one thing that stuck with me was um, Alex Note, who's Placemaking Investment Director at Thriving Investments. She said, um, wouldn't it be great to rerun this session with a more senior audience because it was young people talking to young people about social value. And I think there's an enormous opportunity there for, for organisations like the BPF to, to connect young people and more experienced professionals on some of these topics. And then I think that one other thing that I've noticed is just and across the public sector back home and here in the UK is just the increasing focus on engagement and how important it is to outcomes. So when I was in the public sector back home, I was working in the Office for Suburban Development, which was set up by ministers, recognising that urban planning had just been a top-down approach and that they weren't engaging key stakeholders and the local community enough. And that's some of the reason why you have this sentiment on the ground, which is anti-development, because there isn't an understanding or a buying into a vision about what a place can look like, the potential that it has to be. I think industry here is kind of realising again how important that engagement is in order to deliver new projects. Because really, a project that works for everyone can only be delivered through a partnership with local communities, and that has to be through dialogue. I don't have a direct comparison with the UK and Australia, but I think collectively there is starting to be this shift around we have to cut through um, new elements like social media, misinformation, we can't just sit back behind closed doors and deliver something in order to respond to that changing context. We have to be on the ground talking to people. And I'm really interested in, in what you say around the generational views and, and the bringing in of um, new ideas and so on. 
I wonder to what extent having strong social value credentials on projects and in your advisory work, how does that play into attracting and retaining talent to a firm such as Turley? This is, I think this is really important. I started off in the public sector because I wanted to make a, a positive difference to society. Um, all of the global and local issues that we've talked about today are so prominent in the minds of young people. And I didn't want to be spending, you know, my waking hours doing something that isn't solving problems or, you know, might even be adding to the problems that we face. Um, I think young people don't want to be working on status quo effectively. And there's a generational divide that's commonly talked about in terms of wealth and equity, but I think that's a big part of it. But also things like the climate crisis that young people know we are already dealing with and is going to fundamentally change our lives. We either have a choice to be despondent and disengaged, give up and try and ignore it, or try and change the dial. And I think the latter is the approach that that I and many young professionals that I'm connected to are trying to take. So I think when it comes to Turley, you know, we're an employee-owned company, we're carbon neutral certified, we're working towards B Corp status. And I think having a strong environmental and social conscience was something that I looked for in an employer. And I know other young people do as well because it sets the context within which we work. And I've certainly found at Turley that these aren't just certifications or tick boxes. They're fundamentally part of company culture and you feel and experience it every day. And I think our orientation towards a focus on social value and externalizing some of the services we already do to say, hey, we can we can help with social value. We can create a whole strategy and approach and deliver it for you is testament to that. You expand a lot there on on what young people might be looking for and what might be meaningful in terms of themes that they want to pick up on um, in a career. I mean, if anyone's listening to this today and and has had their interest piqued, I guess, by some of the themes that we've touched on, how can they go about looking to build a career that that does draw in some of the elements such as community engagement and social impact? How can they start, I guess, to build a career in the sector that would draw on some of those themes? I think generally speaking in order to sort of get into this space you need to look for a role that's people focused and that's not an exclusive way to to deliver social value. I think whether it's community engagement or partnerships, community management, facilities management, all of these which are kind of at the coalface interacting between people and real estate are the roles that are going to give you the most perspective but also the most licensed to go back to your company and say, hey, we need to be thinking about this more because I'm hearing X, Y, Z on the ground. But in terms of actually working in social value and impact, you know, there's there's people who in teams measuring social value, measuring social impact, producing the strategies, but actually it's everyone's role to deliver social value. And I think that's where we've got a bit of building of understanding to do because everyone in every company is working towards a, an outcome whether it's a new estate, whether it's a new regeneration precinct, whatever it might be, but they all have a role in delivering social value through whatever the outcome is. So I don't like to think of it in too, of a, too much of a binary sense in yeah. that if you are starting out in your career and you're really passionate about you know, improving the built environment, making changes to the way people live, creating vibrant, thriving spaces, like you can do that in your current role. It may just be that you have to push for a bit of a change in mindset in order to realise that contribution. James, that's a really positive note to end on. So let's leave it there. We've explored some really interesting themes today and um, I'm sure that will resonate with many people listening. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Sarah. It was great.
That was Bricks and Mortar from EG with Sarah Jackman. For more on developing a career in real estate, see the archive of the Bricks and Mortar series at podbean.com and the EG Radius archive at egi.co.uk.